So everybody that, you know, from that person that won't touch it to retired school teacher that comes in with her notebook anyhow, with her scribbles of what she did and, and follows things to a T, you're, you're averaging about $140, $145 per patient per plan of care, additional sure. reimbursement. I love when we have returning guests back on the show, diving into something that the first time Matt Jurek, our guest today, uh, was on the show, was pretty pretty new to me. And then because of how the internet works, you start seeing things all over the place and then you can't not see it. It's like the red car theory, which we'll jump into. And you've experienced this, but now we're gonna put words to it. So we're talking remote therapeutic monitoring with one of our sponsors, we'll be very open and disclose. Uh, Physiotech has been a sponsor of this show for a while. I wouldn't bring them on the show unless I did my due diligence, unless I looked into what they were talking about, what they were offering in their history, their background, their track record. And they're talking about something that's relatively new in the topic of the episode, remote therapeutic monitoring. What they offer is guidance and a pathway to do this thing and to do it efficiently and to bring it into your clinic, to integrate it where it's sustainable and it's return on investment positive. And that's what you're looking for, right? Um, outside of finances, I really do believe, and so does Matt, but make your own ass assessment. I really do believe that remote therapeutic monitoring adds a lot or gives us the opportunity to add a lot to a plan of care. And it's, it's outside of this revenue thing. It really is another touch point in that patient's care journey that you get to be on. You decide how that works, but now you can be rewarded for that because it's of value. It, it has value. I feel like this is a really great watershed moment for the profession of physical therapy. You decide. Now we do, we do talk some tech, right? Matt starts throwing out codes uh, just off the top of his head. Disclaimer. While you're listening to this episode, do not attempt to write down some of the things that Matt says. You don't have to, because he created an ebook, put it in there, it's for free, you can download it. We'll put the link in the show notes. So, so don't crash your car or fall off the treadmill while you're listening, trying to write some things down or jot them down. Don't, don't worry about it. We got the Cliff Notes version of this. We'll put it in the show notes. So we got that for you. Uh, there's our disclaimer. Our lawyers will be happy. Uh, we want to say thanks to our friends from Physiotech for sponsoring the show. Find them online at physiotech. .ca. That's physiotec.ca. There you can find resources and information about RTM, including that ebook. Also, want to say thanks to our friends at uh, ATI Physical Therapy, one of the leaders in clinical research within our profession, is ATI. And with more than 900 of their clinics placing in the 100th percentile in CMS's merit based incentive program for the second consecutive year, if you want to join their team and jumpstart your career, you can do it. ATIPT.com. Also, our friends at MW Therapy delivering modern all-in-one outpatient EMR with the built-in patient portal, marketing automation, and billing features you want at a value you deserve. Find them and test drive their EMR at MWTherapy.com. Trip it over my tongue here. That's MWTherapy.com. We're switching your EMR is easy. Now you're here to learn about RTM. Matt Jurek, a returning guest, is gonna do that for you now. Let's kick off the episode. So are you ready to do this thing? Let's do it. Let's go. Matt Jurek back on the uh, the podcast. Matt, welcome back to the show. Thank you, sir. Where were you last time we spoke geographically? Cause you're all over. 
I am all over it. And <laughs> I can remember when I saw that you released it, I was in Damascus, Virginia, um, but I cannot remember where we recorded. I want to say I Myrtle Beach. Yeah, I feel like you were somewhere and I, I felt jealous. Myrtle would make me feel a little yeah. jealous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of winter time, Myrtle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, so remind the audience sort of like what you do and how you do it. Because I, I love talking to people who do the thing, but do it differently and you do it differently. Yeah, yeah. Well, my wife and I decided that the nine to five plus commute wasn't going to work for us to love on our kids. So sold everything. Uh, that would have been right before pandemic. So it was like June of 19 and we became travel PTs. So we'd flip flop doing contracts and homeschooling and seeing really cool stuff in between contracts. And around the winter, so into the new year of 22, I was working with my buddy out in Oregon and he brought up RTM codes and said, what do you know about these? And I, I didn't. And I, he didn't have the time bandwidth to figure it out yeah. on the ground floor. So I was like the one PT in the nation that had time, you know, it just worked out. So dug in, found out as much as I could, um, found a great partnership and offered my services to help people figure out what it looks like, like the actual workflow. Mm -hmm. It's really funny. Like they say, like luck favors the bold and it's like luck favors the prepared man or just the people who yeah. are like, I'm willing to show up. It, and I got all sorts of anecdotes and stories, right? You mentioned Myrtle Beach. My dad lives uh, down there. And he mentioned, and I, other people will have a better grasp of this, but they moved an interstate some for some reason, right? And they bypassed this road that this strip mall was on. A bunch of people owned businesses in like the same parking lot. And they jumped in some sort of like class action lawsuit. Like they all were like, like you just moved the road. You effectively took our businesses and you sunk it. And there was like a public hearing and it was like, you know, like all these different types of businesses, small businesses, right? And they had this public hearing and there was like nine businesses involved and only one dude of the businesses bothered to show up. Cause the rest of the businesses were just like, man, this sucks. Like this sucks. And it, sorry, it wasn't a lawsuit. It was just a public hearing. And it turns out that this guy, the one of nine who showed up, wound up getting paid this payout that would have been divided by all nine of them had they shown up. But because he showed up at the time and the place that the letter said, he was the one who reaped the benefits because the, the this is Great. the one time the government was like, no, yeah, we actually agree. We totally ruined all your businesses. But the rule is you had to be there on this day, on this time. And I use the parallels, which is like, I still feel like we are there now with physical therapy and RTM codes, which is like, I understand you don't have the time. Because the other eight businesses are probably like, man, they screwed us over, and, but I'm going to go over here and I got to start, you know, building my build business back up. This one guy took the time. It was probably like an hour or like 90 minutes mm -hmm. that this dude went to this meeting and he got paid and I feel like RTM is, it could be that, right? Where it's like, the juice feels like it could be worth the squeeze. The time invested mm -hmm. feels like it's worth the effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and to the same degree, using another parallel, it's like on your commute, if I asked you how many red cars did you see on your commute today? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You've probably heard that one. It's like, if red I gave you $100 paradise. for every red car, you'd be watching for it. So opportunities are just there. 
Yeah. Yeah. They're there. And by all means, be a critical consumer. This is coming from me, from my communications background. People are trying to sell you on get rich easy, get rich quick, passive income, all those things. And I want to be clear, right? Physiotech, who you work with, is a sponsor of the show. I've done my my reading. I've talked to people like you. I've talked to other people. This is not passive income. It's not. It's not passive. You need, this is right. this is care in a different way. That mm-hmm. in what I've seen and what we're going to talk about feels worth the squeeze. It feels like it's worth effort. And now we're going to go through it. So if you're listening and you're like, "This feels like a scam. It's too it's too good to be true." I'm glad you're listening and you're critical. But I want you to continue to listen because we're going to go over the top 10 things that you should know about RTM. And we're giving this is sort of an update because you've been on the show before. What you need to know about RTM, where we are sitting right now at the end of 23 into 2024. I forgot to do the first round. Are you drinking right now? Am I the only one drinking or are you drinking? No, I've got one. I've got one. Oh, what do you got? So I've got um, Rheingeist Juicy Truth Brewery out of Cincinnati. Juicy Truth? Juicy truth. Yeah, it's a hazy. What's it taste like? A hazy? Oh, that looks pretty Yeah, it's a hazy IPA. Mm -hmm. I'm doing, we did not plan this. I'm doing Juice Bomb IPA from Sloop Brewing, which is 20 minutes from me in Fishkill, New York. One of my favorite beers. So cheers to you. And didn't plan it, but juicy is the flavor of today. Juicy is the day. Friends at Owens Recovery Science, a single source for PTs looking for certification in personalized blood uh, blood flow restriction rehabilitation training. BFR, if you just want to use the short code there, um, BFR training, you want the equipment, you want the certification to apply it properly in clinical practice. Check out OwensRecoveryScience.com. They also have their own podcast all about BFR. So we're going to go through this list, the top 10 sure. things, right? Number one, I feel like we got to start no matter where it is with the basics, right? PTs are famous. Let's do the basics first. When, when a colleague first sniffs around enough and goes, I heard RTM, what is it? How do I get involved? You got to know what it is first. So what's RTM? And talk about those codes that your friend asked you about. Yeah, got it. So you got remote therapeutic monitoring, right? Based on CPT codes that were put out beginning of the year of 22. So they are CPT codes, just like your therapeutic exercise. You do eight minutes of X kind of thing. You can build this CPT code. So these new CPT codes are available to bill as a healthcare practitioner, specifically targeted at the rehab industry. So you've got your physical therapist, occupational, speech, um, respiratory. We can bill these codes. Physicians can as well. Um, so we've got these new codes to bill. And what it was, was almost a direct mirroring when they first released them to what's been in existence for seven years called RPM, Remote Physiological Monitoring. So the picture I like to draw there is a cardiologist provides a monitor to his cardiac patient. He says, this is how you use it. You got to check in this many times. I need this much data from it. And then receives that data, interprets it, relays it to the patient and changes or stays with the plan of care at that point. So they said, well, we can do this now that we've seen technology affecting care in the healthcare industry with specifically therapies. Let's do it for them, too. So they came out with five codes, outpatient orthopedics, occupational therapy. We're concerned with four. There's we say five because there's one different if it's a respiratory therapist billing this code. Okay. Um, so basically, you got one code, the seven five nine eight nine seven five code. Once per episode of care, 
So if Susie sees you for shoulder in February and then sees you for her knee pain in August, those are two episodes of care. That's when you can kind of engage in the RTM um, facility. So that first code is, look, I took my time. I gave this person a medical device that's going to give me some data points back. And that person goes and retrieves their access to it, uses it once, feels it, stays under your plan of care for 16 days. You can build that first code, the 75 code. Um, the progression from there is the actual use and the data gained back, right? So the 779977, this is the one that's different for respiratory therapists. It's 76. That is based on when that person makes their first entry calendar or days start uh, a ticker starts with 30 days of the plan of care and every subsequent 30 days if that person is doing something beneficial to their care logging in um, in our example with physiotech it's i did my home exercises it was this difficult i had a little bit of pain you know some of those subjective reportings right so 16 out of 30 days and then that code can be billed every subsequent 30 days of the plan of care um so though, those, in my opinion, are a tip of the hat to our medicine that we provide our patients. Right. Um, we know that tissues change over time, habits change over time, and it's consistency that changes both. Right. So if we can prove that that's happening, CMS, who wrote the rules, said this is where our patients get better, truly. So we can re be reimbursed for providing this to our patient. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say that it's it's low hanging fruit, but it is because it's something that we've kind of been practicing in a careful measure already. Um, if you look at it from the standpoint of a home exercise program. So there's those two codes. Then there's another set of codes in 98980 and 81. And those are capturing all the things that happen outside of the face to face. I have an appointment at 1030 stuff. So any conversations that help to go to assist the patient or you're uploading some extra education to their portal or um, maybe they send you a message because they forgot something over the weekend and there's not an appointment for a few days and you reply back all of those little extra time spent by the pt um, and even think about the pt slamming a sandwich because susie's knees kind of sore from yesterday's session right so calm calm the fire talking to susie during his lunch that's all if congregated well and reported and documented well, are additional codes, the eight zero and the eight one codes. Um, so yes, we're doing, I'd venture to say 70 to 80% in a caring clinic, we're doing this stuff. Right. Um, if we just turn up the volume, figure out how the different insurances accept and then reimburse front end work, we can start to build these codes in a compliant way. Yeah. Right. Uh, we're going to get to the insurance company. And I just want to say for the podcast listeners who are driving, don't be writing these numbers down while you're driving. We're, we got to <laughs> download. We're going to give it to you written out, relax. So Matt's going through this because this is his jam. Don't crash mm -hmm. your car trying to write these codes down. We got you. Relax. We're going to get right. to insurance. But first, this was sort of pitch. I wanted to get you back on the show because as we change years, rules change. Any perspective changes for people who are dabbling in this already or thinking about it, 
Any perspective changes to RTM rules going into 2024 right now? What does it look like? A, a few minimal ones. You know, you, you read the, I don't know how long of a production that CMS puts out with proposed rules, right? And, you, and you're going right. through the lingo and the language. Um, what I gathered is there's going to be more of a, a firm effort made within the requirement of the patient being under care for at least 16 days before like the eight zero codes are billed. Um, I believe that, that when I interpret these codes, the details are such that they want to prevent the one and dones, the, the HEPs only. Got and it. then, you know, they come in for an eval and then the patient, you know, the PT never sees them again. Um, there's not really a clear plan of care written. So it's sort of make it make it so we're, someone's not gaming the system. So this is going to hurt people who are trying to game the system. This will not really this doesn't sound like it'll it'll hurt the people who are doing this for the right reasons. Currently, right. Yep. Yeah. that's that's how it's written. And that's what we suspect will come through in the final rule. Um, much of what I just stated in terms of the definitions of the codes are staying the same. Gotcha. All right. Uh, you alluded to this one, which is insurance companies. Um, because that's if you're a private practice owner, if you're a physical therapist, you you get it, right? You you're not working for free, but you need to understand what is your what is your value, what is your time, what is your what are your skills worth? So how are insurance companies involved in the RTM process? What type of insurance companies are accepting these and reimbursing? Well, you start with the ones that directly fall under the CMS. So you've got your Medicare, MedAdvantages, Medicaids. Um, and from day one, 100%, you were going to receive reimbursement right. from these guys, right. right? So that's where all the studies were and then leveraged in a way because of the awareness of the decrease in reimbursements over the years from, from those entities, right? Um, so it's been sold as a Medicare thing. And what we're finding by testing the waters, talking to different insurance companies, a couple brave clinics trying, um, we're finding a nice upward tick of i'd venture to say you know the, some of the bigger players in commercials like your etnas your blue crosses are, are starting to jump on board and provide some reimbursement um i'd ballpark it at about 50 percent of commercial insurances are now reimbursing at some level um the next step and the easiest to try in a clinic is those that don't um, the, the clients don't have a big out of pocket, right? There's not a big deductible coming in through the door. So, uh, your third parties, MVA insurances, um, is very, uh, very promising when it comes to billing those guys and kind of working in that guide, the, the PIP will allow and reimburse for these codes now too. And, and the bigger names that you see on the football commercials, they're reimbursing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like how you set that up. Listen, if they're if they're if they're sponsoring the net behind the field goal, uh, it's very promising, is what we're saying. Right, that's good. Yep, that's right. Um, the the other exciting thing is a couple pilots that I'm aware of that I'm a part of within workers' compensation is running pilots to deem the program valuable. If they see this valuable in enough clinics, then they'll start reimbursing for it. So they aren't across the board, workers' compensation isn't reimbursing, but there's works in play. I mean, it fits the bill for workers' compensation. The, the adjusters want to know what visits the patient missed, what they didn't, and why I mean, they're on they're on them 
likes, you know, white on rice. Um, so it's a no brainer for them to kind of see that the patient's engaging at some level. It's trackable. It's trackable over time, holds the therapist and the patient accountable, right? I mean, you know, in, in, in the first uh, question, you had talked about 16 out of 30. I'm not a math major, but that what they're saying is you're going to do this more than 50%. You just got to get over mm -hmm. the 50% threshold, right? So 16 out of yeah. 30 or 31 days, we're looking at half the month. The accountability factor, which is what you had said. Listen, we know when people do this over time, they get better. Yeah. People would not be paying. Organizations would not be paying for this unless they unless they truly believe that this holds the rest of the people accountable. I feel like it puts us on the same level. Correct. Yep. All right. Yep. And it's 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 not a it's not a far fetched to say, hey, as as a PT, as a doctor of PT, my medicine is are these exercises. If you went to your physician and said, take this pill every day, and I want you to keep a log, you're going to do that for your physician. Right. Right. So it's it's not too tough for a PT to ask that. Of this feels patients. fair to me is the, mm -hmm. is the word that keeps coming up um, yeah. when a physical therapist hears this and they're nodding along so far. Like, OK, you know, this this feels OK. Um, they're going to worry about, OK, what is what am I responsible with? How many places do I need to go in terms of websites or whatever? How many things do I need to do? What's the best workflow for a PT? You work with PTs who go from knowing nothing to being to implementing this. What have you seen be successful? Uh, so, you know, in, in the ruling, it's a medical device or software as a medical device. So just describe that. What, what does that mean? It could be anything from really cool AI technology that's monitoring and giving feedback to the patient as they're doing exercises. Um, you know, little electrodes that they're doing if they're post-shoulder that's going to monitor their, their range of motion progression. So anything from that realm to um, an exercise, home exercise platform that's going to gather and allow the patient to give feedback on, um, in and alongside the patient's compliance. Um, so something that can track what they're doing, if they're doing something, what they're doing, how long, how much those types of, and those things exist. I mean, those things exist lots of different places. I'm pointing at my Apple watch. Right. So that opens the door for a lot of different possibilities. Sure. Um, you know, there's there's even softwares that'll text out or email a, a therapeutic question every day. And that's the patient engaging every day. So, I mean, it could be something that simple. Um, when I was researching this, figuring out what is available, I asked myself and put myself at the patient's seat as well and said, right. what is going to be least bothersome or make the light turn on that this is value to my Easy, right PT, right um and so i came i came down to exercise that's what i'm asking the patient to do every day you got to do these stretches in the morning and you got to do these you know neuromuscular retraining every evening so if they're in there already doing their exercises it's not a huge leap to say tell me that you did um tell me if they were difficult we'll go over them in clinic if i'm seeing that you're struggling with stuff um so you know, my one piece of advice to answer your question would be use an exercise software that you're familiar with that integrates well within your normal workflow. So it's nothing new for the PT and their workflow just to right. issue it, um, get it done. Then it comes down to the the recognition and the presence of mind to, to verbally encourage uh, for the low hanging fruit, if you pardon that expression for those first two codes. Um, 
And that's something that's going to allow you and provide clear documentation for each code, right? Because you got to sure. back it up when you bill it. Sure. So however easy that can be, those are the those are the top things. Something that you're already doing, leverage it and then make sure it's providing the compliant information when you go to bill. Perfect. Mm -hmm. um, there's a uh, there's a there's a formula going on in people's heads. I call it the juice versus squeeze ratio, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. I could do all these things, but as life goes, uh, time is our most valuable resource. Walk me through like in terms of like time, uh, clinic owner, physical, you know, actual therapist, biller, who's involved. What, what, what kind of time does it take to maintain a program at your clinic? Because if you're going to do it, we're going to talk about numbers. If you're going to get this going, there's a break even point where is a juice versus squeeze. So talk to me about time to maintain a program like this at a clinic. Yeah. So the, the front end work is there. Uh, and, and the time involved in figuring out what is this going to look like in the EMR? How is this billing going to go through to the insurances? How do I um, bill if I bill on a date of service versus not a date of service? Because these are untimed codes that don't need to right. match up with an exact date of service, right? Um, so how are all these things going out? So that's the front end work that needs to happen. Um, but once once those things are down, it's great. Right. And then you know, a couple of the workflows that I practice and preach are the first contact that that patient makes is your front desk staff. So have them knowledgeable about what you're providing, about the care that you are giving and, and how it's maybe changed since they came in last year or um, is more involved to help them progress quicker. Right. So if they're able to set the table, then the therapist, once again, doesn't have to do any kind of leaps or theatrics, just says, here it is. And, and, and here we go. And this is how you use it and, and train them on it. Um, so that part of things is habit building. So that's kind of front end habit building in terms of time requirements. Once that flow is established that the 7577 code really doesn't take more time out of the clinic's um, workflow or, or requirements from the professional, the licensed therapist, the eight zero and the eight one. All right. So we can kind of collect our organic time that we're already doing, but to effectively build those, track those and make sure that those are um, fulfilled to be able to build those communication codes. It is occasionally helpful. There's two ways of doing it that I've seen it doing. If each therapist is responsible for the codes, they're encouraged, whether it's, um, hey, look, you're going to get 15% of every eight zero code that's built, you know, that's a nice perk, nice kind of little sure. bump for a PT to use like a cancellation, a no show to put his effort into doing this, tracking it, billing these codes. Um, other clinics are almost making like a hybrid PT or PTA that's going to be responsible, then have these phone calls either scheduled with them or go through. And, you know, so if you're looking at a busy clinic, of four to five PTs, if you allocate one person two to three hours on their week, this is getting done. So what you're saying is there's either a quarterback who's doing all this for two to three hours a week, or you divide this amongst all the therapists. And then you can say, listen, we'll, we'll rev split this or rev share this somehow, mm -hmm. because this does bring in revenue. I mean, you can, you can see right. how this number one, number one should be, it does it, does it help the patient Right. CMS wouldn't be paying for it if it didn't. Right. 
right? Mm -hmm. The science is there. They follow that. This is here. So let's talk money, right? So ballpark, we'll skip a few ballpark money. What can PTs expect or a clinic inspect from implementing an RTM program in their clinic? If you want to do a per patient, because obviously clinic size is going to vary, right? Some are one-offs, right? One therapist is a clinic and some have 30, some have. So how do you, how do you tip when people ask that, how do you answer usually? Right. Cause there's so many variables involved with even down to right. how is your clinic set up? Do you use right. aids and assistance? Are you shuffling and you're seeing right. 20 people a day or are you doing 45s, no aids assistance? Um, so when I, when I calculate it, you use the value of the code first and then the likelihood of, of billing them. And I gave it a, you know, a three month plan of care, average three month plan of care. Right. So Break it down month plan of okay. Care. That's good. Um, so if if I've got a patient that's doing or a PT that's doing 40 hours a week, uh, 45 minute slots, one on one, no aids, no assistance. And that PT, again, we're going to come back to Medicare because that's the best studied in terms of reimbursed value and stuff. So if you've right. got a oh, Medicare, yeah. Medicare, that's secondary. Um, that's what these values are based on. So this PT has uh 30% Medicare. And if I'm only targeting Medicare at this point within this example, so 30% Medicare, 10 new Medicare patients a month. So that's easy for me to calculate as I go through. And there's rollover that occurs with these codes, as you can see. What I came up with in real life scenario is factoring in those that don't know technology aren't going to touch it because you're not going to be able to bill on 100% of folks. Average age that I am billing on is 74. So don't judge that book. Too don't quick. be ageist. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Don't judge that book too quick. So everybody that, you know, from that person that won't touch it to retired school teacher that comes in with her notebook, anyhow, with her scribbles of what she did um, and, and follows things to a T you're, you're averaging about 140, $145 per patient per plan of care additional so, reimbursement. So 145 per patient per plan of care. And that's Medicare with the secondary. So the seven five code um, is worth about $22. That's one once per episode of care. The seven seven, which is the every 30 days one, as long as Johnny's being a good boy, that's around 50 to $55. Um, eight zero is I communicated, I tracked, I uploaded some education. And, and we spent that time, that's about $41, $42. And then the 8-1, which in a busy clinic, in all fairness, doesn't really get billed too frequently. Um, but that one's worth $31. So that's Medicare and secondary. Um, Matt's like yeah. ripping out these numbers. Like he's not looking at anything. He's like, bang, I've off the top so of his head. I like that. <laughs> said it so many so, times. So it feels like this is one of those things where if someone's still listening to this episode, like, okay, okay, I see what you mean. This is going to take some setting up, a little bit of it, not a ton, but yeah. some setting up tech wise, mm -hmm. then some education, but that's with anything. We are now going to do this on top of everything else. So it's how I'm going to set it up in my clinic. Do I divide this amongst everybody or is there a quarterback, as you mentioned, who's going to do this for a couple hours a week? But just hearing you rattle off those numbers, because that's why we got into this, improve, it sounds like it's improving patient care. And this is rewarding you for doing the thing that we claim we do as physical therapists. Yeah, yeah. And you just you just tune up the, the attention to detail and the, the extra effort it takes to... Um, give 
little Betty Sue who would just love to hear from you, you know, right. Um, that extra attention. And it's the, the, the patient, anytime I come back and follow up with patients, cause I want to get their feedback, right? How, how are things going? Um, what do you think about this? And even if they didn't have a question, they really appreciate that thoughtful time, five minutes of a phone call right. to say, how you doing? Are things going okay? So they feel taken care of. And that equates directly with research that says the patient that feels taken care of and special is going to get better. You know, it just we, relates to those functional improvements. It's the same um, thing. And I, I find the citation, but I don't know how it is, but, um, doctors and malpractice suits. This was physicians and malpractice suits. They said the one differentiating factor was uh, the two were time spent with the patient. So doctors who spent more time were less likely to get suits for malpractice. Nothing to do with the quality of a doctor. And the second was how much the patient liked that doctor. The more that the patient liked that doctor, the less likelihood someone malpractice. We're not talking about malpractice here as much as we're talking about this is relationship building. Yep. And this yep. is what we love to pride and pat ourselves on the back as a profession is we spend more time, we build better relationships. I feel like this is an extension using technology to extend a relationship and there's value in that. Or again, CMS wouldn't be paying, wouldn't be offering to pay for this. Right. Right. And and then you look at, at the accountability measure. Um, I don't know how many times I've gotten the feedback after I got over the fact that it was one more thing for me to do, to remember to right. do. I was doing stuff better, more often. Yeah, I was keeping track of of my part in my therapy, and so giving that um, the the patient the the right to hold on to their component of their therapy again, they're going to be more compliant. They are going to follow through and ensure that that they're doing their best to get as as good as they can. You know, so that's yeah. that's the patient benefit right there. All right. So outside of money, because we talked about monetary, right? What are the benefits to the clinic? And maybe go bigger. What's you know benefits to the profession that we're all in? I I believe the the benefit to the pre- profession just starts with the recognition, um, just the recognition of what we're providing, both in the the care, our out of the way care, and our medicine, our exercise, our holistic, if you will, medicine that we're providing. I think that that recognition of the level of what we can provide is is the top thing for our profession. Yeah. Going forward, it's, it's allowing us to offer the variety beyond the two to three times a week scenario that we're all stuck in. Um, so if you have you know, we talked about commercial insurances versus your Medicare's, those that don't have out of pocket. Um, for me as a busy professional, it is difficult for me to get into the clinic two times a week for how many weeks. Sure. So this is going to allow and open up without a dedicated telehealth physics. Maybe I don't need it, but it's going to open up and allow me to get the treatment, give the communication and, um, still receive a quality experience of physical therapy without um, those dedicated over and over. So I think you are actually gaining more customers that way than 
if I went to a PT and he said, the only way you're going to get better is two to three times a week, I'm going to say, I can't do that. I just can't. So I may not come back. But if you said, hey, look, you know, 100 extra bucks and you got you get a chance to send me a message. Just let me know that you're doing your exercises. We're going to stay on top of things. I'll come in twice a month and do that. You know, so I, I, I believe that it's allowing the flexibility to think about hybrid modes of care within the profession. Yeah. yeah. All, all one way at the end of a pendulum swing is rarely the answer, right? So all hybrid is right. most likely not the answer for everybody. All in person is probably not for everybody. So usually it's somewhere in the, it depends, it's in the middle. This feels like it meets people where they are, which is that often cliched used phrase that I try not to use all the time, but it feels like it does. Um, some things people need to consider, and by the way, there is an ebook, we're gonna talk about this, which sort of lays out a lot of the things in very simplistic form that we're gonna be able to share with people at no cost. Um, if you're choosing software, we talked about tech earlier, software for this RTM program, if you're still listening, you're like, okay, keep talking to me. You have to make sure there's some compliance issues. I mean, compliance, talk about the sexiest part of our prof profession, right? Mm -hmm. You have to make sure it's FDA and HIPAA compliant. Those are the things you have to check off, right? Because you don't want to get bit with something like this. Right. The The FDA part is the FDA recogni recognizing, especially if you choose a software as a medical device, um, uh, there's a couple levels of, of FDA approval of using it. And, and the software is, is rightfully so at the lowest level of approval, because if you have a software that is recording a patient or touching the patient's skin, that has to be a pretty high level sure, of approval, sure, sure, sure. right, by the FDA. Um, so, yeah, so you, it, you got to, when you're doing your research, if it's going to meld within what you're using already, there is a solution. Double check, make sure that that solution is approved by the FDA first as a software for a medical device. Um, and then your patient's going to be accessing it and, and maybe providing... Um, identifiable health information when they communicate with you or give responses. So it has to be protected in a manner that satisfies HIPAA's protection rules. Yeah. So just check the boxes, do that. that yep. That's your check it off now before you have to check it off later. Cause it's easier yep. to, it's easier to check it off on the way in than it is to, uh, to, to, to MacGyver a solution later on. Uh, last thing I'll ask, what's really needed for, a, for from a clinical perspective to really implement an RTM program to do it well so it's sustainable from what you've seen? The onset, we talked about that front end work. Um, if you're going to go into it, we're far enough into this road that it's been done. Don't, don't feel like you're isolated because it is something new from a billing perspective from a documentation compliance perspective, um, those T's that need to be crossed, I's that need to be dotted, it's it's been done. So if you are going into and making the investment to try to utilize and leverage an RTM program in your clinic, um, be sure that you're getting advice from somebody that that is doing it, that has seen yeah. it, that is that is seeing it played out. Um, you know the the cool thing with the partnership with physiotech is they notice that they notice that yes it has to be 50 percent tech because it's got to capture all this stuff but you can't neglect the human component you know sure. for everybody from your front desk staff to your billing to your pts and and assisting with that new habit building um 
So we've been talking about physiotech and, and that's the thing that I get to do now because I get to help implement this in into clinics and share what I've known and what I've seen to assist them over hurdles, whether it's billing or patient compliance. So you mentioned them a few times, they are a sponsor of the show, but where does physiotech come into play? What do they offer in terms of tech or hard or software? Where do they fit? They're first and foremost, a very robust HEP provider, right? Mm -hmm. And they've got um, one of the largest databases that I've seen. So pre-RTM for this clinics that I've, that I've been doing RTM for, um, and I worked a decade with, we had Physiotech as our HEP for seven, eight years. And I really get into functional multi-planner, Gary Gray, Gray Cook type movements. And the, the other HEP providers that were out there just didn't house that a robust enough um, database for me to pull these exercises in a fashion that when the patient goes home and looks at them, they're going to recognize and realize. So um, it was awesome for me that I didn't have to sketch out different chopping and rolling patterns on a piece of paper. I could find an exercise that that looked like what it was supposed to and said what it was supposed to. Um, so they they have that, you know, that is what they are. And in so doing, they've integrated with a bunch of EMRs. So usually in an EMR that they're integrated with, you got the patient open, you hit the HEP tab. It's just going to roll over all of their information and set up their own portal for them. So there's no extra inputting that's happening. And um, so to suffice with the RTM thing, I just got to click a button that's going to send them either a text or an email link. Make it easy, man. Make it easy. Make, Make it, it easy. easy. That's it. Yeah. Make it easy, right? I mean, I remember my clinicals, it was like, print this out. You know, there was even some clinics that I was in as a student was like, there's this one box of cards. Oh, they had, yeah. like, look through. God, God forbid someone took the card and put it back for an exercise. You had to photocopy each card. Man, what a racket that must have been. Right. That's a half an hour looking for four exercises to print off for this person. So now it's, it, it, you know, you, you get a good software like Physiotech that's just going to allow you to make your own templates. You pull them up, bingo, bango, there it goes. And it's quality stuff. And then now that we're shifting to thinking of an RTM, it's not printed out, it's sign in and do it. So you don't even worry about running to the printer anymore to go grab what you just, you know, the exercises no. you printed off. And then it's just in one place and they got it for life and it's not coffee stained or lost between the sheet, right. you know, the, 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 yeah, the bed of the truck. So it's there for them. So uh, Physiotech, find them online at physiotec.ca because they're Canadian, physiotech.ca. Uh, improve patient outcomes, reduce provider frustration, improve clinic revenue. That's what you're looking to do. It does all those things. Remote therapeutic monitoring can do the, all those things. Uh, check out Physiotech. They're going to get you from where you are to where you need to be. Safe, compliant, easy, juice versus squeeze. They'll get you there pretty quick. Um, this ebook, what what's in there? What what's? What, I mean, I'm guessing you were like you know, integral putting this thing together, like, because you kept hearing the frequently asked questions, the frustration, the confusion, what can someone get when they download this? That's exactly that. You already saved a few li lives by saying, don't write it down while you're driving. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so pretty much all we said with a little couple other tidbits and, and details and some, you know, nice graphics to, to try to help it click. Um, it's all there for you. Basically what was covered today and then some.
in a book form. And we're going to have that in the show notes of this episode. It's on Physiotech's website. Listen, um, this is what we like to say is profession as a, a profession. Um, you have a problem, whatever that physical problem can be. We can help you get to where you want to go or get back to you faster. Physiotech does the same thing with RTM or HEP, which is like, listen, you can fudge your way through this. You don't need to, to call Physiotech to get this done, but it saves you time and effort and money. And it makes sure you don't do make a mistake. I mean, we mentioned the HIPAA or FDA. Mm-hmm. They've walked people through this. You've walked people through this. You're going to, you're going to save time and effort and money. And you're going to sleep better at night working with a professional to get you on the path to RTM. Um, Matt, appreciate you doing this. Um, where do you think this will be? What's your prediction? Five, 10 years from now, what's your over under 50% of the profession doing, uh, working with RTM over under in the next five years, over 50%, under 50%. Well, you know, I, I put about a dozen of my eggs in this basket at this point. So I'm, I gotta, I gotta go with uh, over 50. Yeah. Yeah. I like what it is. And I'm going to stand that ground in terms of recognizing us as effective medicine givers and, um, finding a way to do that. Technology is only going to get more ingrained in what we do and how we live. Um, so it's going to affect us at some point. This is the first step. Um, I'm at the same token, uh, big, whether it's a a hand on the shoulder or it's actually a, a manipulative technique. I'm a big fan of five fingered magic that can occur in the clinic. Um, but I don't believe that that standard, I got to see you three times a day is gonna, gonna continue in our busy world. So finding right. a way to Find still it. engage a patient and, and, and hybrid it together. This is the first step. Touch points, you know, from my communications background, there's an often cited statistic that says, uh, you need seven impressions, seven touches to, to get someone to do something, buy something, go somewhere, whatever. Um, this adds touches to me and good touches, nudges, you know, hand on the shoulder, a virtual hand, a, a buzz in the pocket. My watch reminds me several times a day to stand up. Do I do it every time? No. But over time, I'm like, you know what? I have been sitting here for two hours. I might want to get my butt out of this chair. So, mm-hmm. so I think you're right. It's it's a great place to meet in the middle. Uh, you did this last time, but uh, every time on the, uh, the show, we do the parting shot. Parting shot brought to you by our friends from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. They're industry leading. Um, current concepts of orthopedic PT in their fifth edition. A lot of people deciding recently whether or not they're going to get that OCS, if they're going to jump in and submit their application. Once you submit that application, how are you going to start studying? That's where current concepts comes in. So find them online at orthopt.org. Last thing you'd want to leave with the audience, Matt, for your parting shot. What do you got for us today? Watch out for red cars, right? Watch out for red cars. (laughs) Watch out for red cars. Yeah, you never know when opportunity is going to strike. And not every opportunity is exactly that. But don't be afraid to try. Um, Whether it comes to something you're doing professionally or saying that thing that you mean to be saying to your wife just say it just do just it right now uh you watched the, the ted lasso quote comes up here which is like be curious not judgmental here be curious about rtm right just take a look and that's what we're asking you to do like download that book or sniff around be curious not judgmental uh matt jurek appreciate you having uh having the time for us back on the show talking rtm yeah i enjoy it thank you jimmy 
Like what you hear? Tell a friend or leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. The show today is brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. The Brooks IHL offers seven on-site PT residencies, including orthopedics, women's health, geriatrics, pediatrics, sports, and neurology, as well as a neurologic OT fellowship, a competitive OMPT fellowship, and a speech therapy clinical fellowship. Therapists that complete a residency or fellowship through the Brooks IHL will markedly advance their knowledge and skills in a specialty area of practice. Learn more about how a residency or fellowship can help you advance your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. PTPinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at BuildPT.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com. 